Welcome to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Today, we'll show you how to use the spirit of love and self worth to improve the connections with everyone else in your life. This program is your weekly gift, and it will keep on giving. You'll see. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Well, hello and welcome, everyone. I hope you are all faring well. I'm Dr. Jean Marie, your Love Light host, and I am delighted for you to join us on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, shining love light into your hearts and homes to empower your life with love. We have a great show today Venus Envy, busting the male misogyny myth with Gary Stewart. We are witnessing much needed change in our historical, political, economic, and social systems. And the rise of goodness is what we are seeking for all humanity. An excerpt from Gary Stewart, we are one human family having the divine educational experience together on earth, united by life. I just love that. When we are trapped in artificial, programmed, stereotypical roles, this inhibits authentic self-expression that results in maltreatment and, and responding in unhealthy ways that influence our way of living and being in the world. Whether one is the oppressor or being oppressed, trapped in victimhood, self-sabotage, or extreme survival mode, change is possible but it takes awareness and the desire to create a more just and equitable existence. We are respectful of cultural values that enhance goodness and well-being for all. And it is important to emphasize that our show today is not to demonize males, uh, uh, masculinity or divine masculine, but gently shed light to become more aware and present in our relationship with ourselves and others. And our guest today, Gary Stewart, will educate us and offer ways to dispel myths and become more consciously aware of ourselves and examine artificially habituated cultural myths that are often accepted as truth that become the rules of engagement we live by. Gary says the universe and life itself demands our presence and every species alive thrive in adversity, and learns tenacity to strengthen its resolve. Gary is known for always coming from the heart, living and speaking authentically. Founder of the Constellation Healing Institute, he has been featured on ABC and NBC and has devoted 20 years as a Constellation facilitator a five-time international best-selling author, including Healing Human History. Gary's books are designed to inspire, heal, and add wisdom to contemporary life. And he helps his clients profoundly shift any negative mindset, transcend human drama, and transform stuck emotional patterns from past experiences into life-changing resolutions. And now I am pleased and honored to welcome Gary Stewart to our show today, Venus Envy Busting the Male Misogyny Myth. 
Welcome, Gary, to our show. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be on the show and discuss this. And uh, kudos for being so prog- progressive in uh, topics and subjects to uh, rattle people's cages. Well, thank, well, Gary, thank you so much. And you've done so, so much empowering work. To help yes. people heal their past from trauma, hidden family secrets, abuse, broken relationships, you name it, for a better future and helping them reclaim their lives. Tell us a little bit about what really inspires your work and can you just highlight what is constellation healing? Right. Well, constellations has nothing to do with astrology of the stars. Our family is kind of our, our past family and present family is really like a pictograph. It's uh, the father may be out on the edge of the picture where the mother and children are together in the middle of the picture. There might be another child who's wandered off, so to speak. And so we look at the dynamics, the multidimensional dynamics of emotions and movements of people within any family system. And generally what we find is patterns are established in previous generations, then they're reenacted or acted out in the current generation. So um, there's so many different traumas. I mean, we have um, men, young men as soldiers being lost to war, leaving a pregnant wife behind, and then that child grows up without a father. I mean, there's just a million dynamics. What really led me to um, Venus Envy and speaking about misogyny is probably 85 to 90% of my clients are women Uh, Women seek transformation and change more than men. Maybe they're busy in the world working, making a living, and they don't pay attention to their emotional life. Um, You know, and that's their job as a provider. So we don't want to disrespect that in any way. But at the same time, women tend to, women are built to nurture, and they will nurture themselves by doing different therapies to improve their life. And uh, sadly, uh, probably at least 80% of my female clients have had some form of sexual abuse in their childhood, or their mother did, or their grandmother did. And that led me to how is that so, talk about pandemic, probably a better word is endemic Mm -hmm. to family systems and the abuse of women as young girls. Mm, That's very important that you're helping women really, you know, transform their lives and really look at these patterns and look at their experiences and family networks and other social uh, systems as well. Uh, And as you were talking, it's like we all can relate, whether individually or collectively, in Mm -hmm. terms of how this has really impacted families, uh, communities, society at large, and, you know, the outer sphere of the world as well. So we really appreciate that you're, the work that you're doing in this area. But Gary, mm-hmm. I'd like for you to really, <clears throat> you say that misogyny is the enemy of the human soul. Yes. Can you, yeah, I love that. Can you explain what Absolutely. Is, yes, what is misogyny and what is male misogyny for, to clarify sure. it for our listeners? Uh, m- m- misogyny, <laughs> uh, the textbook definition is hatred of the feminine. And for whatever reason, however this came about, I've read 25,000 years of history, so I can uh, 
actually. So part of the joke in the title was Sigmund Freud came up with the concept called penis envy back in the 1920s. And they said women will never be happy or complete because they do not have an appendage like a man, which is ludicrous in the first place. And but people took it as the gospel. The women were less than, they were inferior. So you could say Freud coining that was almost like the cherry on the cake of misogyny in the 20th century. They believed it to be true when it's not true at all. Women's reproductive systems and uh, their, their emotional terrain are actually superior to men, number one. And how dare the males put down women as less than when there would be no human race and no man would ever be a father without a woman. So where do men get off saying women are less when there's so much more? Yes, that's so important. Uh, uh, you know, I remember studying about Freud and, you know, the Oedipus complex and all yeah, of that. So Electra, I'm glad that you're, stuff. You're, yeah, you're highlighting that. And Gary, you have done so much research into ancient yes. history. I mean, it's really admirable. You identified 10 myths. Can you highlight those for our listeners and tell us why is it important to bust them? Yeah, well, myths that, uh, you know, it's a man's world. That's a common myth. It's not. Um, and I don't want to get into politics here, but, you know, if you look at men trying to create this artificial reality of the world, um, if you really look at corporations destroying Mother Earth, that's misogyny in business. Like they will, you know, drill, not that drilling for oil is bad, but they'll have reckless care of the environment and they just take from Mother Nature and thank God we have an ecological movement that wants to heal that and not abuse Mother Nature, which is misogyny on a commercial level uh, that everyone wants to take from the earth and not give back. You know, but I belong to many organizations that are planting billions of trees and trillions of trees to reforest the planet. So I'm active in stuff like that because we really want to nurture earth. And, you know, what people don't realize, Earth will go on with or without humanity. There's plenty of insects, there's plenty of dolphins, there's plenty of plants that will just, you know, flourish in a new Garden of Eden if man tries to destroy himself and everything else. Let me go to this myth that you just brought up, because yeah. I think in your research, you've this is not just about dynamics between males and females or whatever, you're, right. you're really expanding it to look at how, you know, we're destroying Earth as a result of, you know, even the corporate aspect, the record. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's I, mis misogyny around money and uh, resources, you know, yes. dominating resources as well. Okay, so proceed with the others. Yeah, so um, the women are less is a myth. Uh, it's not true. But see, what's interesting when you say, you know, the, what's the old saying? If you repeat a lie long enough, people think it's truth. So for centuries, so, you know, in my research, I went 25,000 years ago to the Neolithic and Paleolithic eras. We're talking way back. And it's been goddess worship for 23,000 years. And I'm not trying to demonize Christianity in any way, shape or form. But it's when that came about, uh, 
women started to be demonized that they were evil and corrupting men. And, you know, and if you look at the first chapter in Genesis, uh, Eve was tempting Adam. And therefore, you could say the very first chapter of the Bible, it's in a way it's demonizing women as corrupting men. And people think God wrote that book, but I think men wrote that book of what they want God God to say so they would have more power. But that's a whole other story. Mm, yes, yes. Women are less than men. And there's another one, as you, you know, just highlight those that you've really shared in your upcoming book as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think here. Men, yeah, men I, are smarter than women. I think that yes, was one. Or God yeah, is male. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And for 20, believe it or not, for 25,000 years, uh, God was considered female, the goddess worship. And, you know, people may call it paganism, whatever. But uh, the our ancient ancestors were so amazed by the reproductive capabilities. Lots of women, uh, they ruled the home, but there were women hunters who hunted while the men stayed home with the children. There's so many stories that aren't in let's say our local, our our recent myths and whatever that, wow, I was like, really had my eyes open to say, wow, how do, how is this not taught in schools? How is this not taught in religion that uh, goddess worship was at the epicenter of all spirituality for 25,000 years? So you really look at recent religions, it's really a blip on the map. And that's another reason for the title Venus Envy. Are men really jealous of the the reproductive powers and intuitive powers that women have that men may not have. So that's partly in the title, Venus Envy, are men really jealous of the feminine, therefore they want to conquer it. Mm, That's interesting. And one of the things that you brought up earlier was that if you say something, you know, long enough, people will begin to believe it without, you know, really looking beyond what's being said. There's yeah. another myth. Men are smarter than women. Uh, uh, you kind of brought that up, uh, shared yeah. about the and they, Some men may be like Albert Einstein, maybe mm-hmm. intellectually smarter or whatever. And that that's all well and good. And, you know, men are dreamers. We wouldn't go to the moon and do these things that we do do. But at the same time, how smart are we to destroy our own environment so we won't be able to live or the byproduct of a toxic environment is cancer, you know, and how smart are men to do that? You know, and you you also look at the corporations that will pollute all their pollutants from their toxic manufacturing into a river. And then all the people locally will be getting cancer or disease, but they will be very happy with their profits while they destroy the environment. So you could say that men think they're smarter than they are. And but when it comes when the pedals to the metal, they're making huge mistakes by destroying the environment for just for the sake of higher profits. Yes, and others include women are inferior to men, women are weak, that brute strength yeah. is equal to power or intelligence. Yes, yeah. In some ways, I feel that men fear the power of the feminine. They know it's there. And maybe they just want to experience their power through domination. We were talking before the show, certain religious sects, uh, just declared women as property in the Mideast way back when. And if people think it's not true today in the Mideast, I have a client who's Iraq, Iraqi, 
And it's quite interesting how her father wanted to kill his firstborn daughter, daughter for glancing at a boy. We're talking about a teenager glancing at a boy. He said, if we weren't in America, I would have killed you. And he would not be prosecuted for murder in Iraq, Iran, or any country in the Mideast that allows honor killings. This is the 21st century. That's still legal. But talk about misogyny is the father would get to kill his own daughter with no impunity uh, because his honor was defiled because she flirted with a boy or glance. It can be a glance. It doesn't even have to be anything. And murder is acceptable. So Mideastern cultures, which have been around just to honor them 5,000 years before democracy was created or the Republic of Democracy was created in America, they have a 5,000-year-old culture in there. Culture says it's okay to kill women if the father feels dishonored and it's not considered murder. Talk about misogyny on steroids. Yes. And Gary, you've you've shared the story about you know, the Adam and Eve issue, the fable mm-hmm. that's written by men, not God. There's also a myth that women fear power and are not powerful and that women were created to serve males. Yeah, that, that's a belief system that's actually untrue. Uh, but many believe it to be true. And many people, of course, many women from their experience believe it to be true because the society and the culture reinforces it. And misogyny hurts males as well. I really want that to be spoken to because men can't be sensitive, vulnerable. It takes a lot for a man to be an artist or a musician. Everyone says, no, get a real job. You'll never make money in that. And yet they have tremendous success when they do so because they're following their own heart, which you could say in the misogynistic culture, men aren't allowed to do that or supported to do that. It's considered invaluable when to the person who wants to be a musician or a famous artist, it means the world to them to express themselves in that way, but the culture doesn't support that. Mm. Yes, such profound myths that I'm sure we all can <laughs> recognize. Uh, and we thank you for all of your research and uh, you know your review of ancient history that uh, really brings forth these myths that you've identified for our show and in your upcoming book. And when we come back from break, uh, I'd like to pose the question, why is it important to bust the male misogyny myth? And what will happen if we do not? And uh, just share, you know, possible outcomes. Absolutely. Yeah, so we're ready for a brief commercial break. So for our listeners, don't go away. We'll be right back with more on Venus Envy busting the male misogyny myth with our amazing guest, Gary Stewart, founder of the Constellation Healing Institute. He's a Constellation facilitator, five times international best-selling author. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Announcing Dr. Jean-Marie Farish's new book, Love Mastery Devotion Journal, 21-Day Weekly Prompts and Affirmations. This is the companion piece to Dr. Farish's best-selling book, Living in the Spirit of Love, Our Natural State of Being. Through the new book, we invite you to cultivate a lifestyle of love through daily devotional practices over a 21-day period following nine ingredients in the recipe of love. Love Mastery Devotion Journal, 21-Day Weekly Prompts and Affirmations is available on Amazon.com and Balboa Press. 
Jean Marie Farish's Center for Conscious Loving, LLC, cultivates a lifestyle of love and wholehearted connections through personal growth, altruistic services, and speaking engagements. Resources include classes, workshops, life care coaching, and creative service projects with an emphasis on cultural arts. Visit the website at Dr. Jean Marie Farish ConsciousLoving.com. That's Dr. Jean Marie Farish ConsciousLoving.com. Or click the link on the Love Light Show page. Best selling authors international, news honors best selling authors around the globe. Dr. Jean Marie Farish is featured in the newly released issue of Published Magazine. To have first access to this treasured resource, go to PublishedMagazine.com. Vicki Winterton and Dr. Jean Marie Farish have compiled a dynamic book, We're All In This Together, Embrace One Another, an anthology with 24 highly diverse co-authors who share how to spread the message of love, resilience, inclusivity, and compassion. This book is an invaluable source of uplifting, inspiring, and positive insights for spreading positivity in the world. We're all in this together. Embrace One Another is available on Amazon.com. Be sure to get your copy today. Dr. Jean Marie Farish is proud to announce the release of her new book, Living in the Spirit of Love, Our Natural State of Being, available now at Balboa Press. This book will help you master your life and flourish in love. You'll learn how to become a better and more evolved you. Feel good by making life-affirming choices. Deepen your feelings and expressions of love. Tune in love and sustain the change. And flourish in love and find your joy. Visit BalboaPress.com and search for Living in the Spirit of Love. And enjoy Dr. Farish's new book today. I'm Judy Satori. I'm a spiritual channel and activator of human potential. You might have heard me speaking on The Voice of America on Dr. Jean Farish's show, Love Light, because I've been speaking about the challenges that are besetting all of us right now and how we can surrender but also keep on going. I want to invite you to join my new Facebook group that is devoted to heart-centered connection and unity. Through this Facebook group, you can also join my free access question and answer session with Spirit on the first Wednesday to Thursday of every month. Just search Ascension Community on Facebook to join the group. In this session, I answer questions and transmit energy from Spirit to give you guidance and support. Because life on planet Earth ain't easy right now. And there is so much help from above from beings of love and light, from multidimensional realities who are actually here with us, wanting to step up and support us. I welcome you to become part of our ongoing group conversation about evolutionary change and how it's affecting us as human beings and affecting our life today. Many blessings to you. You can find out more about me and my work at www.ascension.com library.org Have a wonderful day. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. 
Feel free to connect with our program through email or check out our links on Facebook. Reach Gene at Gene72Farish at Yahoo.com. That's Gene72Farish at Yahoo.com. And now, back to Love Light. Well, you've been listening to Love Light Living in the Spirit of Love. And if you're just joining us, we are with our amazing guest, Gary Stewart, founder of the Constellation Healing Institute. He's a constellation facilitator, five times international best-selling author on our show today, Venus Envy, Busting the Male Misogyny Myth. And thank you so much, Gary, in the first segment, really breaking down those myths and sharing your research. It is so important for us to really be aware and to really uh, discern how injustices are being, you know, really playing out in these different roles today uh, in the political system, the social system, economic system. And then you highlighted, you know, the ecological system in terms of how corporate is really wrecking, you know, many of the corporate institutions are reckless in terms of, you know, exploiting environmental resources. But now uh, I'd like for you to just briefly highlight uh, why is busting uh, the, the male misogyny myth so important before we move into this issue about worthlessness and uh, people feeling unloving and unlovable? Mm-hmm. Well, the, big, the biggest thing and the saddest thing about it is we've created this artificial reality that we believe is real. So here these myths uh, affect us emotionally. Uh, they affect how, let's say, how young girls are treated in their family of origin, if we take it to the family system, that the male's always right, women are always wrong. So women get the messages from the males or the father that they're not, you know, they have to be controlled or they're, you know, they're not right as they are. And so then, of course, that starts to develop. And don't forget the mother has to agree to the male, but let's call it male domination as part of misogyny. So you could call it the patriarchy. Male domination is founded in a way in misogyny. And so that the men rule the roost and blah, blah, blah. Even though women rule the roost as far as nurturing uh, his progeny or the children. So don't forget if there's an oppressive male force not allowing the women to be her full self, and that means the mother, the grandfather, so say say you as a daughter, that means your grandmother might have been oppressed, your great-grandmother might have been oppressed. And we're not even going into the racial aspect of this, that racism is part of that, let's say, lineage of hatred, uh, of oppression of peoples of color on top of the gender. So that's why I come... Um, misogyny is the first, sexism actually is the first ism on earth. I really believe in Genesis was, a, and I'm not trying to demonize the Bible or Christianity, but Genesis, the opening chapters are the first expression of sexism of Adam and Eve. You know, women are less, women will tempt you, uh, women will corrupt the male. Male's a perfect God. Women's lucky she's an appendage of a rib of a man. So you look at these cultural mm. myths and how they lower the self-esteem, and people believe it to be true. That's the saddest thing. Yes. So many ills of society presented through racism, sexism, gender violation, genocide. You know, and you 
kind of highlight that in your upcoming book. So, Gary, let's talk a little bit about feelings of unworthiness. Yeah. Being unloving, feeling and unlovable. And does Mm -hmm. this play, we know it plays itself out on the feminine side, but what about the the masculine side as well? So take it away. Oh, yeah, it's both. So misogyny, you know, because Mm -hmm. men feel they have to be good little soldiers for their fathers to get approval. So, you know, and let's look at an innocent child that's born. It has to learn racism, hatred, misogyny what the males are allowed to do, what the females are allowed to do. So at a very young age, people are taught um, these myths in a way. So they say, well, if my daddy says this is reality, well, he must be right. He's my father. How can my father be wrong? And he could be a, a sexist. You know, and then the son says, oh, I have to be angry at women. Oh, I can't trust women. Oh, women are bad. Okay, daddy, I'll be your good boy. I'll listen to you. You must be right. You're my father. So from a child's point of view, and and then same on the female side, a little girl saying, oh, oh, daddy's angry at mommy. Oh, oh, what what did mommy do? Oh, she's a woman. That's why he's angry at her. Oh, she spoke up to him. Oh, women should never speak up to a man. You know, they'll get yelled at. You know, from a child's point of view, the messages that we get that instill sexism, racism, and um, not the, I don't want to call it the evils of the world. Let's, uh, what's a better term? Ills of society. <laughs> yeah, the ills of society is a much kinder, kinder way to say it. Gently. And no one asked, the, here's the irony, doing constellations, looking at family systems for generations. No one asked for this. Everyone's kind of born into it, and they go lockstep in the belief system of the family. So don't forget we're a family, we'll say we're in America for right now. So we have those cultural beliefs. We talked about the Mideast earlier, so let's talk about America. We have our cultural beliefs, and they're shown to us and demonstrated to us in the family system, you know? And and the child interprets it. My mother wrote a baby book for me, and uh, she said, my first words are, Daddy, go bye-bye, make money. Daddy, go bye-bye, make money. So look at how as a two-year-old, my first sentence was that. So you see how impressionable the kids are to receive the messages. They believe that true because mommy and daddy showed us that was true. Then there's the generational messages coming through that generations of women had to be quiet and not speak or not be heard because women, you know, just just the phrase, here's a good phrase, children should be seen and not heard. Mm, Yes. Yes, that becomes part of the culture. And if you're a good little boy or a good little girl, you better be quiet because the adults are in charge, which is true on one level. But on another level, they're squashing the child who may ask, why? Why is that, daddy? Or why is that, mommy? You know, and the, they might brush the child aside and don't bother me. Don't bother me. Stop asking questions. Mm-hmm. And the child, there goes the self-esteem right there. Two and three years old. Oh, I did something wrong. I asked a question. Oh, they don't want to answer my question. What did I do bad? I just wanted to know something. You know, we're here to learn. And children are so innocent. They want to learn everything about the world through the vision of their parents. And Gary, you brought up a good point. You, We learn to shut down our voices, even yes. from childhood. And that plays itself out <laughs> throughout our lives. And another yes. good point that you brought up in terms of just males that, you know, perf- the need to be perfect, you know, uh, yeah. 
the perfectionism, as, and as Anne Lamont indicated, perfectionism is the voice of the oppressor. And also uh, the self-expression that males, you know, hit, you know, you're not supposed to cry. You're not supposed to show right. emotion. Mm-hmm. And how does this play itself out? And we're going back to unworthiness, feelings of unworthiness, yeah. being unloving and unloving. How does this play itself well, out? Well, if you feel, you know, from the child's point of view or in the family system that the, the person, mother or child or even father can't really be themselves. Yes. So what would I see? You know, the burden of the males is all men do this in the family. I have to be the tough guy. I have to protect my family and blah, blah, blah. Can't have any emotions. That'll mean I'm weak and not a good father. So think of the amount of messages that affect the males where they have to be this dominator to be accepted in society, you know? Mm-hmm. And the same for the females. Don't don't speak up. Don't have a voice. You know, it, it's so interesting that, you know, generally, if men are loud and angry, it's considered strength. But if a woman's loud and angry, she's considered a bitch, you know, mm-hmm. and put mm-hmm. down for having a voice in yeah. society. That's changing. It is changing. And there's a lot of powerful women. What, what saddens me most about women in, living in a misogynistic world is they have to kind of get divisive to use their power in kind of secretive ways that people won't see that they're really using their power, but they've devised ways to exert their power silently, almost kind of silent but deadly. But they were forced into that. They had to adapt to a world where they couldn't be direct and empowered to speak up for themselves. And Gary, I see it playing out in terms of image. There are a lot of people you know, walking around with this image that they have to play out or and protect. And, yeah. you know, even if we look at like single women, uh, single parents, mm-hmm. women who mm-hmm. are people who are divorced, that something's wrong with you that you're not married or you're divorced. Right, exactly. you know, what's, what's wrong with you? So mm-hmm. look at how, you know, whether it's males or females looking at these life transitions or life changing situations, how that really impact their feelings of worthiness. I'm not worthy because I'm not married. I don't have the male male at home to, you know, to have that image or the Yeah, or provide or provide yeah, for me. What did I do wrong to make this happen? When actually the woman could have spoken up for herself and the price of that would be the male a divorce because the man wouldn't allow the woman to be as powerful as him. And so in a way, you can look at two sides of the same coin. Is the woman a single mother or divorced because she wouldn't put up with uh, the repression and oppression of the male? I had one client who was working last night on my Zoom call, and I knew that was the issue. But we use a representative to be that person meeting their goal. Her goal was to have her voice heard and respected. That was her goal last night. And the woman felt that someone was squashing her. Now, mind you, we don't speak about what the issue is to the rep in the constellation. This was done on Zoom. So I do it live in workshops. I have one tomorrow. Uh, And, you know, I have three or four workshops a month, you know, live workshops. But I also do Zoom work. So no one in the room knew that. But she could not have her voice to her husband saying enough is enough. And the key insight that I got is the love is over in the marriage. And she's going to have to take a stand to tell him to his face, I don't love you anymore. This doesn't work for me. It's time for us to divorce. Mm -hmm. And she's terrified to do that. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, they have a child and she wants the child to leave the house to go to college. And I've had many married couples who stayed together for the 18 years until their son and daughter went to college. And then the minute the child was out of the house, boom, divorce. Yes. And wow. a lot of kids have said, I wish they would have divorced sooner. They were so unhappy that 15 of my 18 years, why did they suffer like that? That didn't help me. But yet, from the child's point of view, from the parent's point of view, they're trying to support the child. Even from the child's point of view, oh, thank God you're getting divorced. Now you both can be happy on your own without making a home life miserable for everybody because you're unhappy. And Gary, it's I love what you were saying about, you know, how this leads to the shutting down of your voice. And I know in my earlier life, you know, I did that to get along for approval. and. I had thyroid problems as a result of that. And right, after, exactly. You know, they after, get backed up. Yeah, after resolution, it's like now I can't stop talking. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so the freedom to, of expression is is so healthy, and it's it's it really, you know, has a lot to do with our self esteem and self worth. And Gary, you 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 help people become more happier and more fulfilled. Yes. Uh, Absolutely. And, and really looking at these patterns and looking at these dysfunctional and unhealthy relationships. Can you maybe tell us a little bit more about how you really work with people in terms of Yeah, well, well, you know, a lot of patterns are set in family systems. Constellations are about looking at the history of your family. Mm -hmm. So if, say, a great-grandmother was oppressed, then her her daughter would be. So everyone follows the pattern. And then the patterns show up in multiple generations. And what we do is we go back in time in a way. It's kind of like back to the future time travel (laughs) and see where that woman didn't have a voice. Now, sometimes the grief is so great. Number one, our ancestors didn't have the luxuries of survival that we have today. So we want to honor that they suffered and struggled to survive. We have it easy, comparatively easy compared to previous generations, the Depression, World War II, a potato famine, uh, World War One. I. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. So the times were very different and emotional expression was not valued in previous generation. My teacher, the dearly departed for two years now, Bert Hellinger, he said, if the grandmother was silent, the granddaughter will scream. Mm, wow. So if one generation can't express, the next generation will try to overcompensate out mm-hmm. of love. It's actually out of a deep love for the woman who suffered in silence. So you might have a loudmouth granddaughter if you look at women that are considered loudmouths in a misogynistic society anyway, when they're just speaking their truth, which is really what they deserve for their own self-esteem, that... Um, they're expressing what their ancestors couldn't express because it wasn't safe to do do so. So, you know, with the survival uh, dynamics of previous generations, emotions were pushed to the side. It's like, wait a minute, I need a roof over my head. I got to feed my babies. I don't care if I'm scared. There's Nazis, there's this, there's that. I'm just going to survive. And and so they couldn't address the emotional things and didn't even know they were repressed or oppressed mm-hmm. by the society or male domination or whatever stopped them from being their full selves. That's so important. And the next generation, if we, I don't, you know, as you were indicating when you're sharing that story, yeah. the, 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 the children are watching. 
Absolutely. <laughs> and the next generation looks at what the previous generation did that they don't want to do. <laughs> right. Or they yeah. will do it. I've had many people who said they don't want to be like their parents. And then but I they do parents and they're identical. They don't think they are. But I look at them and I said, boy, that's the worst kept secret. They're identical, but they don't want to admit it because they oh, think it's different. Okay. It takes a lot of courage to do that. And mm. what we find is if you just honor what came before and love it for what it was, not for what it should have been, ideally it should have been, but if we accept it as it was, then we can move on and create something different. Yes, because you may set the intention, but then you end up subconsciously playing out the same role. Exactly. And Gary, before we go on break, what about family secrets? As you say, you're looking at these patterns and to go back and revisit the dynamics and you could see how your grandmother was or how your mother was or how this same illness played itself out from female to female. Uh, uh, before we go on break, can you highlight the family secrets and how to get yeah, yeah, that? Because kind of, it can be, you know, quite, uh, you know, uh, to uncover those maybe. Yeah, yeah. And, and sadly, well, sadly, gladly and sadly in my work, uh, a lot of the sexual abuses come out with women that I work with. I would say I've done about 16,000 constellations and I'd say twelve to 13,000 have been sexual secrets that the children carried for the ancestors and had the courage to come out with in the 20, 21st century, 20th, 21st century, not keeping it secret anymore. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's empowering because I, in, my yeah, absolutely. Work with, in my work with women coming out of prison and, uh, you know, some of them told me who were end up being drug abusers and yeah. know, prostitutes. And they share with me, they said, I've never told anybody this before, but I was molested when I was mm-hmm. six, seven years old. And wow, it's so good to share that and mm-hmm. how that played itself out. Uh, right. But having, exactly. you know, an environment, a trusting environment where they could finally share that, uh, mm-hmm. that was really, you know, uh, you know, a step toward healing. Gary, Gary, we're ready for a uh, commercial break. So for our listeners, don't go away. We will return shortly for more on Venus Envy busting the male misogyny myth with our amazing guest, Gary Stewart, founder of the Constellation Healing Institute, Constellation Facilitator, and five times international best-selling author. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Vicki Winterton and Dr. Jean-Marie Farish have compiled a dynamic book. We're all in this together. Embrace one another. An anthology with 24 highly diverse co-authors who share how to spread the message of love, resilience, inclusivity, and compassion. This book is an invaluable source of uplifting, inspiring, and positive insights for spreading positivity in the world. We're all in this together. Embrace one another is available on Amazon.com. Be sure to get your copy today. I'm Judy Satori. I'm a spiritual channel and activator of human potential. You might have heard me speaking on Voice of America on Dr. Jean Farish's show, Love Light, because I've been speaking about the challenges that are besetting all of us right now and how we can surrender but also keep on going. I want to invite you to join my new Facebook group, that is devoted to heart-centered connection and unity. 
Through this Facebook group, you can also join my free access question and answer session with Spirit on the first Wednesday to Thursday of every month. Just search Ascension Community on Facebook to join the group. In this session, I answer questions and transmit energy from Spirit to give you guidance and support. Because life on planet Earth ain't easy right now. And there is so much help from above, from beings of love and light, from multidimensional realities who are actually here with us, wanting to step up and support us. I welcome you to become part of our ongoing group conversation about evolutionary change and how it's affecting us as human beings and affecting our life today. Many blessings to you. You can find out more about me and my work at www.ascensionlibrary.org. Have a wonderful day. Dr. Jean-Marie Farish is proud to announce the release of her new book, Living in the Spirit of Love, Our Natural State of Being, available now at Balboa Press. This book will help you master your life and flourish in love. You'll learn how to become a better and more evolved you. Feel good by making life-affirming choices. Deepen your feelings and expressions of love. Tune in love and sustain the change. And flourish in love and find your joy. Visit BalboaPress.com and search for Living in the Spirit of Love and enjoy Dr. Farish's new book today. Announcing Dr. Jean-Marie Farish's new book, Love Mastery Devotion Journal, 21-Day Weekly Prompts and Affirmations. This is the companion piece to Dr. Farish's best-selling book, Living in the Spirit of Love, Our Natural State of Being. Through the new book, we invite you to cultivate a lifestyle of love through daily devotional practices over a 21-day period following nine ingredients in the recipe of love. Love Mastery Devotion Journal 21-Day Weekly Prompts and Affirmations is available on Amazon.com and Balboa Press. Best-selling authors international news honors best-selling authors around the globe. Dr. Jean-Marie Farish is featured in the newly released issue of Published Magazine. To have first access to this treasured resource, go to PublishedMagazine.com. Jean Marie Farish's Center for Conscious Loving, LLC, cultivates a lifestyle of love and wholehearted connections through personal growth, altruistic services, and speaking engagements. Resources include classes, workshops, life care coaching, and creative service projects with an emphasis on cultural arts. Visit the website at Dr. Jean Marie Farish ConsciousLoving.com. That's Dr. Jean Marie Farish ConsciousLoving.com. Com, or click the link on the Love Light Show page. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Feel free to connect with our program through email or check out our links on Facebook. Reach Gene at Gene72Farish at Yahoo.com. That's Gene72Farish at Yahoo.com. And now, back to Love Light. Well, welcome back to Love Light Living in the Spirit of Love. I'm your host, Dr. Gene Marie, and we are with our amazing guest, Gary Stewart. 
founder of the Constellation Healing Institute, Constellation Facilitator, five times international best-selling author on our show today, Venus Envy Busting the Male Misogyny Myth. And Gary, thank you so much for highlighting these family dynamics and even talking about the issues of being unworthy, unloving, unlovable for both males and females. Gary, is there a universal message for humanity? Yeah, I would say that uh, it's going to sound simplistic, but it's actually very complex. (laughs) Women have a right to say no. Mm -hmm. A little girl has a right to say no. A woman has a right to say no. An adult woman has a right to say no. And what I consider, you know, uh, I'm sure your listeners are familiar with Rosa Parks. She changed racial history in the entire United States during the volatile time of the 60s, 50s and 60s and 70s by saying, no, I'm not going to the back of the bus. That simple thing caught Martin Luther King's attention and collectively being empowered to say no at any point in your life is one of the most powerful things you can do. And for women to say no to a man, that takes resolve. And that is the simplest way to fight misogyny. And the the act of feeling you have the ability to say no means you have self-esteem You're setting a boundary. You know what you want and don't want. And a simple word such as no. So I I tell women like uh, that I work with who come from oppressive environments, it's like you had to say yes to everything, even sexual abuse, because you were forced into it, so to speak. And it was your father, grandfather, uncle or brother who was doing things to you and you lost the ability to say no. And so if women get their right to say no and feel worthy enough to say no, that in and of itself is the simplest empowering word anyone, anyone can say, even a little boy who doesn't want to follow dad's orders. No, dad, I disagree with that. That means you have your own autonomy and you're setting the boundary of which you will and will not accept. And Gary, many, that, that's very profound, like what you brought up about Rosa Parks. You know, I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> It's time for a change. Yeah, exactly. But, and there were uh, negative consequences for her, but collectively very positive. However, let's talk about the consequences. Just say no. And that's why we need people like you to help uh, uh, people make changes because just saying no, gosh, you're setting yourself up. Right, exactly. As well, we can you highlight that? In the 60s, were racial violence. You know, mm-hmm. when we had, what, half a million people on our nation's mall with Martin Luther King leading the charge or whatever. It's like the people of color got up and said no to white oppression and white racism that was so pervasive in the United States at that time. I was a young teenager at the time, but I consider myself locked into that social justice movement. And unfortunately, I feel like Black Lives Matter has lost its way a little bit uh, with money and corruption, unfortunately. But still, the message is still the same that, you know, all lives matter. But Martin Luther King really led the charge and people saw, wow, these people are standing up collectively and saying no to racism and government oppression, which was definitely white in nature. The other thing, especially for what I find what women uh, don't embody, 
because of the misogynistic repression, either in the family system or society, is that not two simple words, I matter. Mm, that little girl. And I can't tell you how many healing sections I've been in where the, let's say the resolution phrase was something very simple. And I matter is another one. That means you have the self-esteem to know you're not going to let yourself be abused, oppressed, or squashed by anyone, even if it's in your own family. And just that feeling, having that feeling in your body, I matter, is your own bodily integrity, your self-esteem, by just putting a boundary up. And it doesn't have to be violence. It's just speaking up for yourself. I matter. I'm not going to believe in what you want me to believe. I matter. What I think is important, I'm an individuated, autonomous being. Even if I'm a child, a 10-year-old girl, I matter. If you're a 10-year-old boy, I matter. I'm not going to be treated this way. Mm, That's so empowering. And it can really uh, facilitate getting a dialogue going. Absolutely. Uh, If the other person will listen. Yes, that's (laughs) the the thing is to stop so much stuff. I was a violently battered child myself. And if I just say, you know, so I had built in self-esteem issues right there that, oh, I must have deserved. I must have been such a bad boy. Oh, I deserve both parents to beat me to a pulp a few times a week. Oh, but now as an adult, a mature adult, I can see they were under a lot of economic stress. They were afraid. They couldn't afford food, you know what I mean? So as an adult, I can see what all their fears, but their reaction was to try to squash me. And I knew consciously back then, I'll be the whipping boy of this family so my sisters won't get beaten. Mm. So it's like I almost chose that role to self-sacrifice to protect my younger sisters so they wouldn't get bludgeoned like I was getting bludgeoned. So on one level, there's tremendous tenacity and soul strength that I have. On another level, it's very unfortunate that they didn't feel I was of worth as the only son with six sisters, that I wasn't treasured for that, but squashed for that. And ironically, before my uncle died, I said, well, what happened with my grandfather in your childhood? And I said, oh, my God, here I'm complaining. I said, I got off easy compared to what my grandfather did to you. Then what did my great-grandfather do to my grandfather? So in my family, you know, the males want to squash the next generation of males, unfortunately. Mm. And Gary, when you look back, you kind of have that compassion. But look at where this has taken you (laughs) in terms of your passion and your mission to make a difference. As I mature, you know, I was angry for a long time. But as I mature, the longer we live, the more objective we can see it. And I thought, wow, the suffering they must have had for that to be the best they could do. So just for any of our listeners, just look at your family system. They were doing the best that they could do. They weren't exactly acupuncture and massage therapists back in the Depression. So you could go and talk stuff out (laughs) Mm -hmm. and just say, you know, my husband's not making me happy. My husband won't listen to me. You know, uh, he thinks drudgery is a sacred value, you know, and uh, that was true for our ancestors, but it doesn't have to be true for us. And one thing, one key thing I try to focus on with people, women and men, is let the past go. Let the past be the past. It was a time where, how would we say, we're trying to reenact a place and time that no longer exists. Yes. So let's let that go and create a new reality, a liberated reality where you have your voice, you're empowered to say no. You may be the first woman in 10 generations to do that, 
But I guarantee you, if you can do it in your generations, it touches my heart. You're you're allowing all those women who suffered and couldn't say no the liberation that they longed for. Very well said. Well, before we close out, Gary, can you tell us a little bit about your upcoming book and you know, your gift for our listeners before we close? Yes, yeah. So uh, the book Venus Envy got a little delayed. Uh, My passion was a little too strong. I had somebody read it. They thought it was kind of on the angry side. And my goal was to turn people off by by being angry. So I'm writing it more the story of misogyny, how how these truths came to be, how these untruths came to be truths is probably more accurate. And so I'm doing a rewrite. It's to be out. I'm hoping it'll be okay. out in March, uh, spring, a nice spring goddess uh, renewal release. And March, Mar- between March and May, for sure. And uh, you're contributing uh, an essay, so I'm very excited to have you in there. Yeah. And um, the book is to help liberate everyone to look through the eyes without the myths or see that what you're believing is truth is actually a myth. Okay. And don't let the myth run you because it's not even based in truth. It's just a, a habit that's okay. taken hold. Another tip is even now, you don't have to come to a session. uh, Just say no. Anything you disagree with, you have the right to say no. Okay. Gary, how can our listeners connect with you? And I know you have have a great new updated website, www.garystewarthealing.com. I'm sure we'll have that post. And my gift to our listeners today is a bow and release card. You can bow to the past, say, I accept what was, because we wouldn't be here otherwise. So something good came of it. We're here and we're alive. So bow to the negatives of the past that you don't want to carry. And then you stand up and turn around to your a new future. So you can bow and say to somebody, and it's like, I've discovered my no now, and I'm going to start using my no, then turn around and start using that ability Mm -hmm. to say no and self-esteem to say no in your Mm -hmm. current life. All right. Well said and nicely done. Thank you, Gary, for being Uh on our show today. So go deeper with Gary and connect with him. Take advantage of his generous offering that hopefully we'll have posted on the link to our episode uh, for today. Uh, tune in next week for our show, Conscious Parenting in Current Times with Demetrius Wright, joining us from Norway. Access your weekly love practice exercise posted on the blog page of my websites, jeanferrisjourney.com and drjeanmarieferrisconsciousloving.com. Much gratitude to the Voice America team for making this show a reality and for shining their love light around the world. You do not have to be trapped in myths, faulty beliefs, and negative patterns. Let honesty, integrity, and respect guide your actions. It takes courage to break through and break free. Create a life you love. I'm Dr. Jean Marie, your Love Light host, coming to you from Voice America. And until we meet again, remember, an empowered self is a loving self. And keep your love light shining. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you for listening to Love Light This Week. Be sure to join Dr. Jean Marie Farish again for another program next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a wonderful week filled with love, self-worth, and better connections.